just people, other people, going around in circles. Is this not every other sport, though? You're just watching somebody else either kick a ball or throw a ball or hit a ball or whatever. It's all, you could break every sport down into it's, you know, it's just some guys trying to throw a ball through a hoop. That's usually all you're watching, there is, you know? Usually there is something interesting, though, in seeing people with basically the same equipment that you have or have access to doing the same things that you could do if you wanted to and if you trained hard enough. Could you? And yes. Could you? Yes, there's, there's some genetic superiority. I was going to say, is there an, a number of hours a day you could put in to become a top basketball player. I could come closer to being John Stockton than I could to being Mario Andretti. That's true. That's that's probably true. Cuz you can't get the car. I've tried. And no matter how hard I try, yeah. my my Camry is not going to do what the F1 does. Mine mine actually does quite a lot of things that F F1 cars do, but I'm talking about when they break, mainly. So, you know, they're going fast. No. Cornering well. No. Broken gearbox can do that. Oh, it can do that. Brake failure. It's it's astounding at that. Any kind of sort of mechanical problem, it, it's it's really good. You could even argue it's better than a Formula One car in that case. You'd be a fool to do so. I should just get a new car. But this is me. If I had the money for a new car, I'd have a bigger computer. Yeah. Yeah. I've been talking with some friends this week while the Steam sale's been going on. And they keep on saying things like, well, why aren't you buying any game? I haven't bought a single game yet. Why won't you buy games? Why don't you buy this game and play it with us? Why don't you get that game? Well, that game's old. Come on. It's only $5. It's only $10. It's only $20. Every time I look at them and say, you're renting. <laughs> I I purchased a house. Exactly. You have one car. I have two cars. You are single. I am married. You have zero children. I have one child. I, I completely understand your pain there. I, on the other hand, have been absolutely raped by the Steam sale this week. I I just been... The number of things I bought, some that I can't even play. Some that I don't own a machine that it runs on. Thinking, well, one day I will, and then I'll have this game. Too good of a deal to pass up. Say that again, sorry. What was it too good of a deal to pass up? Some of them were those games. Today I yeah. bought every Grand Theft Auto game ever for four ninety nine. That that is stressingly cheap. In about five minutes the ten dollar and nineteen cent deal on Batman Arkham City runs out. And I've been sitting here wondering whether to buy it or not to buy it. I decided against that one because that was another one that I, I don't have hardware that can run it well and we've got the xbox version i told kevin the other day that i would buy it if it got down to 9.99 and by god that 20 cent gap is just killing me <laughs> <laughs> oh it looks like they're gonna do something they might do 75 percent off far cry 2 next ah wonder if that would run on my laptop you see they have to run on my laptop which is that's a tricky one yeah See, the thing is that I still haven't played the last game that I bought, largely because I pre-ordered it and it hasn't come out yet. Uh, that's Torchlight 2. And then the other thing is Lisa's been nagging me to go back to the gym. And if I go back to the gym, I'm not going to have time to play the games that I already have anyway. So, Hang on, sorry. She's nagging you to go to the gym. Yeah, that's how that works. Right. 
Because I'm fat, Rich. I'm just pondering the concept of how safe it would be if, hypothetically, you were to suggest the same thing about her. And I'm, I'm saying that I, I don't know Lisa at all. Uh, I'm, I'm extrapolating her to be all women in this case, which might not necessarily be fair. But I'm just thinking that were I to suggest such a thing, I would lose a testicle. And I, I just feel that might be the same for most, if not all, men around the world. If you to just turn to your wife or girlfriend and say, you know, you've put a few pounds on, love. You should go to the gym. I think you'd, you'd lose a body part. It's a double standard, to be sure. Absolutely. My God. you Just the idea of suggesting such a thing. Joel. <laughs> She's in the next room over listening. All right. Hi there. <laughs> She can't hear you. All right, that's good then. No. That's that's good. But I'm I but I saying that I'm not suggesting she go to the gym. I, I she can go she wants. I don't know. I it's, you know I'm not passing opinion on that. Just you know don't don't you don't you suggest it. <laughs> just just you know. I'm not that brave. No, no. It's it's, it's wow. No. <laughs> anyway, you should go to the gym though. Yeah. But not too much, because what if you get buff? Because then that will, that that will make women insecure again. Like, I think we're about sixty pounds out of that danger zone. Right. Good. Good. Me too, actually. And I, even if I lost weight, I'd still have the saggy bits. Many saggy bits going on around here. It's not. It's not a fun sight. It might be amusing, that kind of fun, but not not in the way one would want one's body to be a good sight. Let's do a show. Is hey, it? Lisa. Come here. <laughs> oh, now she's running the other direction. Okay. <laughs> she, uh, and I should record this. She wanted to know how you pronounce this word. Okay. Oh, hang on. Sexual. That word, sexual. That word right there, yeah. Oh, no, but you just want that to put in something. That no, was, not at all. That, I don't believe you now. <laughs> that's that's going to turn up cutting something, isn't it? That was just, no. oh, now we've got a clean cut of Rich saying that word. If I wanted to do that, there's enough footage out there to do it. That's true. That's that's very true. I could say a few more body parts if you want. If, no? Okay. Elbow. Elbow. Say elbow. Elbow. Oh, now it's going to be really dirty. Yeah. In my. There you go. Star Wars versus Star Trek this week, isn't it? Did we say versus? Oh, we did say versus. Star oh Trek. no, we didn't. It was the kind of, yeah. I'm I'm with it now. So I just I said it wrong. Because I think at the end there you said something about how you know you're not going to be able to resist talking about how you're more of a Star Trek person. Inevitably, that will come up. I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. All set. I'm I'm all set. I'm ready when you are. Okay. I'm Jason, and he's Rich, and this is Remastered, and tonight we're talking about something that uh, I don't know if we're going to get in a fight. There might be a fist fight here. There might be some blaster fire exchanged, because we're talking tonight about Star Star Trek and Star Wars, and I think I'm more on the Wars side, and Rich is more on the Trek side. I feel professionally obligated to remain on the Trek side as well. I, I should because say that. as someone who has run a Star Trek podcast, <coughs> nerd... Uh, yeah, 
yeah, I think that that's something definitely you should stick to. I I once did brag that I was the the one of the web's foremost commentators on the Star Trek universe, which is probably absolute bollocks, but it it sounds impressive in a nerdy kind of way. But we're here to we we're mainly going to talk about Star Wars. Cause I don't have an issue with Star Wars. I just like Star Trek better. I think it's fair to say that we're both big fans of each of the the franchises. Yeah. That's true. While while I might say I prefer Star Star Trek, all of the Star Wars films are sat on the shelf next to them. Even the first it, the the uh, the first trilogy, the prequel trilogy. In much the same way that people say that Star Wars is really a fantasy uh, genre, uh, when Star War, Star Trek. Jesus, I'm going to do that a lot tonight. By the way, okay, I mess up Wars and Trek. Okay. You know that I am. But in much the same way that people say that Star Wars is a fantasy genre film. Uh, well, Star Trek is science fiction. I think that uh, uh, we're going to find out that they serve different purposes in our lives, or, or they they have different uh, different roles. All right, I've not heard that one before. Well, when I was growing up, Star Wars was always the fun, hey, let's go on an adventure kind of film, and Star Trek was always the hey, let's think about things and sit down and and learn kind of not only TV show and films but books. I, I think that's well yeah I see I see what you're saying there. There's there's a lot more morality in Star Trek, that's for sure. Well, a lot of the Star Trek especially us growing up in the TNG era, but a lot of those episodes were really morality plays. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's why I think they've made me the person I am on a moral level. I I think, I you think can... that you could say that there's really a whole lot of morality going on in Star Wars. As a matter of fact, even some of the protagonists act really anti-moralistic in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, of... there's definitely a good side and a dark side in that whole morality lesson. But when it comes down to it, they seem to exist in a much in a weird gray area where it's not really about black and white. It's more about uh, doing the right thing at the right time. Okay, I'm with you so far. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm I'm having trouble, you know, already, because I. The more I I think about Star Wars, and it's incidentally this is completely scuppered an idea for a make it so episode I'd had because it was basically what we're about to launch into. But, what has ruined Star Wars for me, has been not just a a bigger liking of Star Trek, but the legacy that Star Wars has created for itself post-original release you know it's really really hard to stick to your guns and be a star wars fan these days isn't it absolutely i mean star trek continues to go from strength to strength the last movie was huge it was a complete reboot the rumors about the next movie are enormous and all over the place it's it's not as a, a thing dying off at all okay there's no current tv shows in production but Given the gap between the original series and next gen, we can live through these years without much fear. Safe in the knowledge that probably Star Trek will probably always be around in one form or another. Probably always be around, but I think that there's larger gaps where Star Trek is marginalized, where the, the quality just isn't there, than there are with Star Wars. Star Wars, you have those big three tent poles, the first three movies, and they're really, really good. And you have a lot of books and lore and toys and all kinds of things to supplement that. But with Star Trek, it always had the problem of if you got into a TV series that just wasn't good, Voyager, parts of Enterprise, um, then you were stuck in that, in that cycle. And 
after Voyager, I wasn't quite sure that there were going to be a lot of high points for Star Trek again. And I'm not really sure that uh, as many people are into the 2009 Star Trek movie as as you might think. I think I liked it more than a lot of people did, actually. Well, just look at our own simply syndicated little group here. Ro Karen named herself or her podcast persona after a Star Trek character. She's on a show, Starbase 66, that's ostensibly about Star Trek and other science fiction, fantasy, horror, that kind of thing. It's reasonable to say she is a Star Trek fan. Hates the Star Trek movie, the new one, the Chris Pine one. She does, doesn't she? There's no hiding that. Yeah. With a fiery passion. It, It kind of scares me how much she hates that film. I, I've heard of war started over less hate than she has for that film. It, it, it is quite frightening. Uh, and, and I kind of get that. I, I, I can understand how a diehard fan wouldn't like the, the reboot. However, do you want to sit here and compare Star Trek the J.J. Abrams film with episode one, The Phantom Menace? Because yeah, let's, Actually, I think that would be an awesome exercise. Okay. Let's do that. Star Trek the J.J. Abrams film has characters yeah. that are fun and that you can like yeah. and that don't annoy you. Mm-hmm. And A plot that makes sense. Doesn't. Yeah, it, <laughs> it does not. It, it doesn't have a single likable character in it. Not anything. There is, Obi-Wan I, is sort of somewhat likable to some extent, but not to the point where you can really root for him. Kind of. He's your main protagonist i suppose but i don't know it's it's he's not particular because they have no personality this is the problem they they are essentially vulcans from a, a screen presence point of view there's no emotion attached to being a jedi part of the the lore is that they are so in control of their emotions and and that sort of thing so that they barely show any and when they do, it's part of their downfall, as in Luke Skywalker getting angry at the end of Jedi and things like that. And yet, we have a similar character in Star Trek, the Vulcans, these emotional beings, emotionless beings. And when, you know, we, they do occasionally play up on that for, for dramatic purpose sometimes, you know, when, when Spock cries, that's, a, that's just brilliant. And yet... What you realize with it being on Star Trek is that it's okay if an emotionless character is part of an ensemble cast. If you have Spock, and yet you've still got Kirk and McCoy to play off with various emotions. Whereas in Star Wars, they're all just emotionless. And that's really dull. Well, not only that, but Spock and the other Vulcans in Star Trek were always intended to serve two purposes. The first being as a contrast to the other characters so that you could see, you know, the non-human characters in Star Trek always make the human ones more human. That's there's always that character. There's always the data character. There's always the seven of nine character. There's always someone for the humans to play off of to say, hey. This is what it's like to be human, and this is why it's good. The other purpose is to explore that Spock isn't really emotionless. He that the Vulcans suppress their emotions, and that underneath that grim facade, that you know, stoic, stolid exterior, there's a lot going on, and that's why that Kirk Spock friendship has always been such something that all the fans go crazy about and write weird pornography about. Yeah, they do, don't they? That that stuff just disturbs me. It's it really, makes the rest of us look bad. It really makes me... I don't... Right? This is a little bit of a rat hole. But, you know, people like to write 
homoerotic fiction about Kirk and Spock, right? Now, I, I, as you know, I'm, I'm one of the least homophobic people you could hope to meet. Uh, I, one of the other shows I do is a show about LGBTQ issues and that sort of thing. However, the concept of Kirk and Spock getting it on really turns my stomach. What is, what is that about? It, it's just, it shouldn't be. It, it really screws with my head a lot. I, I don't know what that's about. Is that something I should get over or something I'm okay? That's okay if I'm uncomfortable with this. It, has it ever, is it really about that though for you? Because for me, it's really about how much those fans obsess that they would go to those lengths to write that kind of thing. It's, it's, it's about oh, I don't know. something I mean, too far. It's, it's not about, I, I don't see it as too far. I mean, as with any major thing you can be a bit of a nerd about, there's, there's fan fiction. There's fan fiction about so many different things. And it makes sense that when you have characters that are, to some people, a sex symbol or attractive, that there would eventually be erotic fan fiction. And it makes sense that of those people writing it, some of them will be gay and thusly write gay fan fiction. I can totally see the logic of it. It makes sense to me that it exists. But in that sense, it just it feels a little strange. It's... Do you know, it's kind of like, it's just because it's them in, and I don't know what it is. Maybe the concept of, you say it to me, and I get this image of William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy getting it on, and that would, I pro- probably would expect would turn most people's stomach. <laughs> and, and maybe that's what it is that's essentially putting me off. You don't think they're good-looking men? I don't think either of them. I wouldn't class them either as ugly. Do you know what? If I get to William Shatner's age and look as good as William Shatner does, I will be very pleased with myself. And the same going for Len Nimoy, actually. I think they're both objectively good-looking guys. There's nothing wrong with saying that. No, I think you're right. I think they're both good-looking guys. Strapping. Yeah. And nice and muscular, especially with torn shirts. And this was certainly the point when they were making the TV show. I mean, you just go back and watch season one and William Shatner's shirt usually comes off or tears. And, you know, Spock was an enormous sex symbol in the 60s. Perhaps at some point more so than William Shatner. Much to his great distress, I'm very sure. Uh, But just this concept, just those two. I don't know what anything else I've ever heard in the homoerotic fan fiction arena doesn't bother me. But the Kirk and Spock thing has always bothered me. Like I said, it's not really that aspect of it that bothers me. It's just that I've always been a little bit spockish when it comes to that sort of thing, like taking something too far, like being a fan of something to such an extent that you want to not only participate in it, but like kind of take it past what it should be, you know, to, I don't know, to make it too personal. Like, uh, it's the same reason that I'm not a huge fan of cosplaying. Like, I, you would never catch me dressing up to go to a convention as anything. No, I wouldn't either. But then I've... I would like to. I like the idea of it. I enjoy that other people do it, especially when they're hot girls who wear very little like comic book characters. I can look at pictures of that on the internet all day, and if they want to do that, that's fine. I would never do it because I've been the student going to fancy dress parties, and I've learned the lesson that half an hour into the event, fancy dress is quite boring and annoying, and you've got to spend the whole rest of whatever event it is you're at in this fancy dress. And so I, I, fancy dress in general doesn't interest me anymore. Also, it would have to be the most awesome costume imaginable for me to be happy to... 
I wouldn't want to just be that, like, the guy who's just wearing his vest and pants and a balaclava or whatever, and he thinks he looks like something. I'd want, like, a working Iron Man outfit or <laughs> something like that. See, it would have to be something simple like that with me just because I'm getting a little bit bigger in my old age, you know? That's why Lisa's been nagging me to go to the gym. So I'd have to go as, like, uh, ladder-life Scotty after he's pulled out of the transporter <laughs> loop. That's the other problem, isn't it? I'm not, I'm not a guy who should wear skin-tight anything. Certainly not as an outer layer, you know? Maybe one of those thermal underlayers, I can get away with that, but I shouldn't wear skin-tight anything. So, I, I, it limits my options. I could be a stormtrooper. I could do that. That would make sense. I'm just trying to imagine myself skin, uh, slipping into an Iron Man costume and thinking I would look more like a tin pot. <laughs> it, it's entirely possible. There's some tubbiness going on. But uh, Star Wars. Star Wars. So, yeah, I, I, we were on about the legacy, J.J. Abrams comparing the two and that sort of thing. I, I, just, I think it might be shorter if we just say what's good about the prequels. I'm interested to hear an argument because I couldn't, get, I couldn't come up with an idea. Uh, it's, it's really slim pickings. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I own all three of them. They're sitting right behind me on the shelf. If we were on webcam, you'd be able to see them. You could pan right down to them. They're right there. Me too. Uh, I'm not getting rid of them. I'm not throwing them out. No. Nope. Um, but I haven't put them in the DVD player more than once since buying each of them. I'm not even sure I've watched the third one since getting it on DVD. You know what? Looking at it right here, the third one is still in shrink wrap. Right. There you go. None of them are in shrink wrap here, but... I, I, it's not like they're on all the time or anything like that. I, I rarely watch them. And if I was to pick up a Star Wars film, I'm going for episode four or maybe Jedi. We'll see, you know, because I'm not see, the big If I, if I go for it, it's always Empire every time. I don't like Empire. It's, it's my least favorite of the three, which I realize is a very unpopular thing to say. It, it's it's just consistently the one that scores the highest on different rankings, whether it's the, uh, the uh, IMDb rankings, which I believe it's somewhere around number five of the top movies of all time. Um, it's got the highest rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, the American Film Institute usually turns to Empire for its you know, top 100 quotes or top 100 whatever list it's making at the time. Yeah. It's always the one that gains the most critical appeal, and I think it's because it's the one that George Lucas had the least to do with. It's. I can certainly agree with arguments saying it's the best of the original trilogy. It's just not my favorite. Well, let's I hear it. Why, why is that, do you think? Is it oh, something quite, that turns you off about it? Or? It's because, I mean, you, you think of the original trilogy as a, a, three, a massive three-act movie, and the middle act is the one where they're not doing so well. That, that's how, it, that's how you, you start. You have your original trilogy. Uh, act where we introduce characters and give them something to do and that sort of thing then we have to have the moment of tension where we think they're not going to achieve it before they actually then go on and achieve it and this takes place over three movies and so the whole middle section is where the good guys are not winning you know luke gets quite a family trauma going on for himself han solo's encased in carbonite there's all kinds of things you know? For me, I think it's that it's the best cinematography. Oh, it's it's the best shot. It's the most dramatic. It's got some of the most powerful scenes in it. It's it's. I I totally see why you know 
people would say it's the best of the three. And the third one is arguably a bit fluffy with the Ewoks. Uh, but I like that because they win. And there's a big sword fight at the end. You know, I never really noticed growing up when I did, and, and when you did too, <laughs> that the Ewoks were Muppetesque in any way. That never even came into the equation until I started watching them here after a very, very long hiatus from watching Star Wars films. You know, come back, pop that sucker in the DVD player after four or five years not having seen it, and the seams are really showing. Really? See, they again, really, really are. It's another one I've not watched for a while. It, because I, the ones I have on DVD are the special editions post-prequels, and there's bloody Hayden Christensen in at the end. That, yeah, that's a real turnoff, isn't it? When they start, we could spend an entire three hours probably talking about George Lucas is tinkering with his own product. I would just say to people, go and watch The People versus George Lucas, which I think is on Netflix. Because, yeah, it's on Netflix. That's where I saw it. And you know, I've made a lot of the arguments that the folks in The People vs. George Lucas have made, and after watching that movie, I felt really ashamed of making those arguments. Because in that movie, they just sound so nerdy and so entitled and so... Yeah, they are a bit. Um, I, I don't know where I stand with it. I think at the end of the day, it's his film and he can do whatever the hell he likes with it. But... At the same time, he is clearly upsetting his fans. And I don't, I, what I think bewilders people is his lack of understanding and lack of desire to give fans what they want when they clearly want something so much that he's not giving them. The flip side of that argument is that if you give the people what they want all the time, the customer is not always right. People often want stuff that is bad for them or that is just plain bad, period. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. I mean, People want High School Musical 3. People people watch Glee. Yeah. That stuff is bad. I mean, th this comes through. You'll notice this, you know, when you get suggestions for your podcast, even. When, right all the way back to people suggesting films to do for movies you should see, and you think, there's just no way. Some of the things you get sent to you. Just no way. that like this, we could Not only could we not talk about it, it's, it's awful. You are the one human being and the director that likes that film. And you must know this, but so we're not going to do it. The funny thing is that I know exactly what you're referencing. <laughs> I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually not referencing any one thing in particular. There, oh, I, thought just... I, I thought you were referencing that email that I bounced back to you last night saying sigh. <laughs> oh, the, well, in, in a sense, yeah, it's just, it's, I, I think the, the fans don't necessarily have an understanding of how things work like the creator of something does. And... So I can I could appreciate if George Lucas were to say that, but it doesn't mean he's right. That's the thing. And yet my my actual hero, Steve Jobs, was famous for saying, you never give the people what they want. By the time you give it them, you, they want something else. That's, and you know, he apparently knew what he was talking about. So I, I've always, I've always thought that. And don't give people what they ask for, generally. Who wants a new make it so? Ah! There you go. We are bringing that back now, by the way. You're bringing back Make It yeah. So. I heard tell that it might be a limited run series. Yeah. And then it might be accessible for uh, for super fans, shall we say. Yes. Yeah. All Everything you've heard is true, probably. Mainly because we've not really changed anything from how we've been mulling it over for a long while now. And I've probably said it before, I think. But yeah, it will come back. It will be a series and uh on the store 
That's it. It's not going to be a podcast. People feel inclined to comment if you do a podcast. And I'm not interested in that. Quite frankly. That sounds a bit mean. Don't care. Sorry. You read through some of the email. It was never no, that it's, bad. It's, it's not mean at all. Because pick any other hobby. Pick uh, miniature railroads. Pick playing basketball at the gym. Pick... Uh, learning how to play the guitar or any other instrument. These are all things that you can do and you don't get feedback. You don't get people criticizing you for how you do them, but podcasting is a little bit different. And I'm after doing this for two years, I can, uh, I can see exactly where you're coming from. Yeah. It, it does drag you down a bit. And, and the thing is, I understand it's not even, I couldn't even claim this is a hobby, but it's, it's just something that does drag you down with certain things after a little while. There's just no avoiding it. And so I, th- I just, you know, this is why TV works how it does. Anyway, let's go back to Star Wars. Yeah, we're turning to the dark side of the Force there. Yeah. Um. So all in all, you, if not, I don't remember you actually saying anything that was good about the prequels. It's really hard to pick something up. There's, there's some very pretty shots. Um. So someone can use Photoshop. Yeah. I'm being overly harsh now. Sorry. Yeah. That, That's really about it. There's. There's just so much wrong. The structure is incorrect. The Phantom Menace should not have existed, that first movie. It was really very clunky how it was introduced. They would have been much better just to step in with episode two, pick it up from there, and have another movie after episode, you know, after episode three. If Attack of the Clones were one and Revenge of the Sith were two, they should have had a third movie then where you saw Vader hunting down the Jedi and not this cheap ass way where they had the clone soldier or the clone troopers taking out, uh, you know, execute order 66. That, that was just stupid. That went on for ages. I, I, there was so much wrong. It was the, all three films it was major disappointment after major disappointment. When the you... acting was wooden, the characters were shallow. A lot of them that you expected to be good, like Samuel L. Jackson just did nothing, contributed nothing to the films. Uh, Ian McDermott is a good thing. He was good. He was good as the Emperor. He was I, I will. The I concede that, that was the most fun. Yeah, I think certainly Robot Chicken picked up on that. Other than that, uh, Anakin is terrible. He, uh, he yeah, I, I have, of course he is. I mean, Jake Lloyd was horrific. Hayden Christensen was also horrific, although. Annoyingly enough, I've seen him be okay in film since. You know, he, he, I don't necessarily blame him as much. Although I think it would be fair to say that he probably learned from some mistakes on that film. Well, yeah. W- weren't they his first major films? I'd, I've certainly never heard of him before. Uh, and so he, he's, they are probably going to be his worst films in his career. It's just a shame that they're so big. You know. I think you, you you got it with the first one. It was all excitement about meeting, you know, meeting Anakin Skywalker as a child. And you think I'd have left him on the planet. You wouldn't have rescued this child. He's so obnoxious. And what was all that stuff about him being? A, he was like Jesus. Like one day his mother was just suddenly pregnant. Like the midichlorians thing. Yeah. All, all of this was just awful. I, th- I think it, it was because he, he suddenly needed a... The Medichlorians, suddenly he needed a way to test immediately to see if someone was a Jedi. It was all kind of mystical before, and with Luke Skywalker I always felt it was kind of, well of course you're a Jedi, your dad was a Jedi, so you're one. 
Whereas with Anakin, it's just this kid we've just met, so we need like a blood test or something. And that destroyed all of it. The, the, the second one was Yoda having a lightsaber battle, which was awful. That was the major disappointment in that one. And then in the third one, the major disappointment was how Anakin actually became Darth Vader. Right, how he flipped in about a minute and a half. Yeah. Oh, should I just kill all these children? All right, I'll, I'll do that then. It, it, it's a very far distance to go in just a short amount of time. I just try and imagine the argument that could be made to you for you to say, all right, I will go and murder children. Because I, I can't even conceive of what possible argument could be made. How are you going to convince me of that, really? It's not going to happen in an afternoon. No, it's not, is it? I mean, that's going to take some serious psychological conditioning in war camp conditions sort of thing. That's just unbelievable. You don't even do that with chatting with someone for a while. It usually takes me longer to decide what I want to get for lunch than it took for Anakin to flip. Yeah. And so it was just awful. All of it, awful. Every frame of all three films, awful. I have nothing good to say about any of them. Why do I even own them? I don't, I, I don't know. I would step back a little bit from that. There, there are frames that are good that I enjoyed. And, and we, maybe we should agree also that enjoying something doesn't mean that it's good. Oh, absolutely. You can enjoy terrible things. Yeah, absolutely. But I enjoyed in the first movie, um, what's his face? Ray Park. Who am I looking for? Oh, Darth Maul. Thank you. Name was not coming. Uh, I enjoyed Darth Maul. He was a bad character. He he didn't have more than a couple of lines. He died in a chump-ass way. He really had no motivation that was ever introduced as to why he was acting the way that he was acting or what he wanted or what his eventual goals were. He didn't have any kind of depth at all, but he was a cool guy who flipped around, and everybody loves those double-sided lightsabers. That's true. That's a really big shame that that's the thing that is good about that film, though. Isn't you it? know, the, the, the first, I'm not even going to say the first time, the first few times that I saw The Phantom Menace, I was still excited about it. Because here I'd been, a guy who was born in 1980, the year that Empire Strikes Back came out, grew up with Star Wars, was raised in a Star Wars culture, was given Star Wars toys, had Star Wars-themed birthday parties, all that stuff, ate the Star Wars cereal. I was a Star Wars kid. I'd been waiting so long for a new Star Wars movie, that I was going to enjoy it. Even if you had put me down and it turned out to be Troll 2, I would have enjoyed <laughs> The Phantom Menace. Oh, yeah. I, I was the same, though. It, it was... I, I All three films, I left the cinema being really excited and happy that I'd seen the film. But there's something to be said for staying power, and Star Wars was a movie. Uh, I'm talking about Episode 4, A, a New Hope, uh, 4, 5, and 6. Those were movies that the staying power lasted. I can sit down in front of those movies today and enjoy them almost as much as I did when I was four. Yeah, me too. I can't say that about The Phantom Menace. No. I have no desire to put it in the DVD player. And as a matter of fact, I the, the more I think about it, the <coughs> black I get about those movies and how much how much better I want them to be. And yet they go on to infect the three movies that are good. And he continues to screw with them. I haven't bought the Blu-ray box set yet. Now, the, when they came out on DVD, I was in the store, day of release, morning of release, because I couldn't get these things quick enough. When they came out on Blu-ray, I don't care. I'm done. I'm done. He's not getting my £60 for those films again when all he's done is screw with them a bit more. It was very difficult. I was in Best Buy the other day, 
And uh, there they were, $49.99, sitting on the shelf. Nice, bright, shiny box. And I really had to do some mental gymnastics to avoid walking up to the cash register and handing money to them. But yeah, just a bad track record. And I didn't want to see what surprises were waiting for me inside that box as far as what things have not made the cut this time around. That's, That's what got me with it was that I knew what to expect. I've read all the blog posts, all the comparisons, all the... the there was a guy who did a, a series of extremely long blog posts with screenshot comparisons from the, the original release to the DVD release to this release, and it was incredible. And he took you through exactly what they changed. And they've done it in such a shoddy, half-assed way. It, 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 I think they've made it worse. You know, the, I can confidently say that George Lucas would have my fifty ducks, fifty bucks right now, fifty ducks too. What the hell? Yeah, uh, fifty bucks. He'd ha- he'd have it in his pocket right now if on the cover of that Blu-ray release it would have said original theatrical cut. Oh, absolutely! I would buy those in a heartbeat. I really would buy them in a heartbeat, especially on Blu-ray, with no screwing with all of it. I I really would, but they don't exist anymore. Apparently, do they? Uh, I think you can get them on the old Betamax. Right. Uh, the the original actual reels have been destroyed at this point because they've been bathed and redone and remastered so many times that the, the film is just shot. It's it's dead. It's just so wrong. It's just so wrong. I'm now, sure that there is a digital transfer somewhere in the vault at the Lucas Ranch. There, there is... Ranch. Let me just... Look here, Star Wars in DVD. Now, when they released the prequels individually on DVD, they also re-released the uh, remastered original trilogy on DVD as separate movies. And if you get those, they have the original... Yeah, there they are on Amazon. They have the original... When you say the remastered original movie, you mean the the 20th anniversary edition, yeah. right? The re-release. Yeah. yeah. It's basically the one as I've got in this box, but in separate packages. And they have in that box a disc with a copy of the Laserdisc version of the theatrical release. Ah. And it was literally no cleaning up, no nothing. They got a Laserdisc, pressed play on it, got something else and pressed record on it. And that is what is in these boxes. Consequently, these boxes are trading for two, three times the price of any other normal DVD on Amazon right now. Is that all? Yeah, for now. I would think that they would be going for four or five hundred bucks or so. Because the number of people that I've heard or talked to saying the same exact thing that we've been saying, why, why just give me a release, just give me the theatrical release. Why are we monkeying around with this stuff? Just let me give you my money. That, that The number of people who are saying that is just through the roof. It's all the nerds who are out there who have ever loved Star Wars, and there's a lot of us. There are indeed. You'd think he'd do it. And that's, like I say, that's what confuses people. Why won't he just do that? Why, why won't he do that? I think at this point it's less about um, his artistic vision, like he always is claiming, and I think it's more about being right. Because oh, yeah. I think it's to the point where he's just like, you know what, fuck it, you're not getting that movie ever. You know, just like uh, Once Upon a Time, people kept on asking you to do The Big Lebowski on movies you should see. Right? They wanted you to review that. And I'm sure that after a while you were just like, fuck it. People keep on asking for it. Just go away. We're not going to do that movie. Yeah, it just it just became because people were asking. 
that that was I it. I think it's the same way with Lucas. I think he's just like, look, I'm going to do this my way. I'm not interested in input from the outside world. See, you'll, you'll, you'll pay me what I want you to pay me, public. This is something else to be to take into consideration, I suppose. Yeah, we would, he would make probably billions of dollars from doing a, a Blu-ray release of the theatrical release original trilogy. Billions worldwide. How much money has George Lucas got right now, and how old is George Lucas right now? Because it must be in the billions already, I'm guessing. If not, he's all right, and he's he's probably comfortable financially. <laughs> I would do say you, that's. Do you think that's that. yeah, that's reasonable to say? There's nothing he thinks. Well, I'd like that, but can we afford it? Should I get it next month? He doesn't think things like that. He has no need. And Answers I, for you, by the way. Yeah. Aged 68. Right. Net worth $3.2 billion. $3.2 billion. Right. So, and he's, sorry, 68 years old. So and That's just him. That's not his holdings. That's not like all the things that he is the chairman of the board of. Yeah. Like LucasArts, uh, which have probably got a fair bit of money behind them and the computer gaming franchises of it and other things like that. He's pro- he, That's an astounding amount of money. And he's 68 years old, right? I don't wish to... I mean, what is the average life expectancy of an American male? A white American male? I bet it's 70-something, isn't it? We'll have your answer momentarily. (laughs) Okay, let's play some trivia. Okay. Wikipedia's list of countries by average life life expectancy. What do you think is number one? Japan. Yeah, you're right. Japan, overall, 82 years old. Women are expected to live to 86. Males, on average, 79. Would you like to posit a guess as to where the UK and US are, respectively, on the list? Oh, I bet we're somewhere in the middle. Probably. Uh, UK is pretty damned high. All right. Number 13. Right, that's not bad. It's not bad. It's a lot of Asian countries and a lot of very advanced uh, westernized countries. You've got your Hong Kong, Switzerland, Israel, Iceland, Australia, Singapore, Spain. Singapore actually is frighteningly out of place, it seems. Right. It's not a place I would expect to be on the list. Right. But uh, UK at number 13 and United States, I'm um, having trouble finding. Right. Okay. Number 38. What what so what's the the average life expectancy for a man in the United States then? Seventy five and a half years. Okay, so conservatively, because he li- he'll live well, but he's over- he has more money than the average person, yeah. so he's going to afford better medical care and, and environment and that sort of thing. Yeah, that so he'll have that, but he's overweight, isn't he? He's he's not a slim fit man. He's a little chubster, so that that will knock a few points off. Anyway, regardless. It's not unreasonable to think that George Lucas may well have maybe at most 10 to 15 years left on this planet. Is that, that's, that's not unreasonable. He might no, live, you know, so that, and that's just guessing, of course, he might know that his parents lived to be 102, so he's set, whatever. But that's it, and he's got three point something billion dollars in the bank. He doesn't give a crap if he makes any more money, you know. There's a point that you reach, it's the saturation point with money, where you just can't spend anymore. Yeah. What could you possibly want after your first billion that you spend? Exactly. There's 
there's nothing else to do. You can't consume enough to keep on spending money at that kind of level. Now, if he, if we were talking about why won't Microsoft do this, or why won't a company do su- you know such thing to please their customers, that that would make more sense. It is a company's legal responsibility to make as much money as it can for itself and its shareholders. So that would be a strange thing. But with this case, we're talking about a guy who made a film. Not not a company, not somebody who has vast responsibility to lots of other people. It's all his. He can burn it if he wants. And that's his business. So he has no responsibility to provide anybody with the product that they want. He's got three point something million dollars in the bank, billion dollars in the bank. He doesn't care. He doesn't care what we think of him or his films. We, he's got that money. So he's not, he's not going to, there'll never be a theatrical release of the Star Wars films again. Because he you know, doesn't all care. This, I'm just thinking, yeah, we can say all this about George Lucas. And yes, he has all that money. And yes, I, I dislike what he's done with the franchise. If he called me up and asked me to, I would re- reroute all of my family. I would pull them up out of their house. I would sell our house. I would move to the Skywalker Ranch. And I would do whatever job he wanted to pay me to do, if he asked me. Really? You would do it too. I don't know that I would. You would. If you got a phone call tonight, you hang up, we're done on Skype, he calls you. Uh, Hi, this is uh, this is George Lucas. I was just wondering, uh, Richard, if you would uh, come out here to the Skywalker Ranch and uh, and I would like you to do a podcast full-time. I'll pay you uh, $100,000 a year to do a podcast about Jar Jar Binks. You would say yes. Maybe. Maybe. You would. No, I don't know because I, I no nerd from the Star Wars generation is going to say no to I, that. I, I I don't know. I think I could. I think I would say no to that. Really. I mean, maybe if he was offering me some sort. Well, I. Do you know what my problem would be? What my little apprehension would be? How long before I get fired by George Lucas? <laughs> that's that's what my problem would be, especially with regards to like. Because I often thought this with with running a website. You think, well, what if? Pie in the sky dream, right? Total fantasy. What if what if Google did the same thing? What if I got a call from Larry Page saying, Rich, we're seeing your site. We want you to come and run our part of our social media division and come and do all our PR stuff and, and our social media stuff and really put a public face on Google. Like a dream job there. Would I go? Would I move us to San Francisco to go and live there and do that job? I don't know. Because I'd be constantly thinking, how long before they realize I know nothing? How long before? And the sad truth is that people like George Lucas and like whoever runs Google or Microsoft these days, they can afford to pay people smarter than me. That's that's the thing, yeah. And there's a lot of people smarter than me. There might well be. I, I don't like to say that about it. Yes, Jason, there's a lot of people smarter than you. Thank you. Thank you. But I suppose there are a lot of people smarter than me. Just empirically, it's not even a matter of opinion. I mean, measurably, there are many, many thousands of people in this world who are smarter than me. Yeah. And they they work for George Lucas for an astounding amount of money. And maybe that's what makes them clever. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you so clever? Well, I work for George Lucas and make an amount of money that will make you puke if I told you how much it was. Okay. Yeah, you're clever. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. 
that's I you know that that always makes me think when you see the number of vacuously stupid celebrities and people are like oh she's so stupid like she's a millionaire and I'm sat at home in the middle of the day complaining that she's stupid which one of us is really stupid you know which one of us has our our own line in perfume because it's not me there you go so George Lucas probably not stupid but doesn't care the prequels aside I'm interested. I, I, I'm of an opinion that you're going to tell me that Star Trek is better than Star Wars. I would say that, yes. Let's say that we're just taking the original series and putting it up against Star Wars Episode Four. You would go with Picard, or I'm sorry, Picard, whoops, with Kirk and Spock as a better couple than Leia and Luke. Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially, I, I was, you know, I'd was a little, little apprehensive. You were going to say, what's better to watch episode four or an average episode of uh, Star Trek? Because then maybe I'd have had to have said episode four. But if you're going to compare Luke and Leia to Kirk and Spock, there's no contest. There's absolutely no contest. Kirk and Spock are far superior. Much better characters, much more depth, much more range in things that they do and their interactions together. Luke and Leia don't have anything like that. They barely have three conversations together. You know? Luke is also kind of like the Wesley Crusher of Star Wars. He's very, very much the child kind of wish-fulfillment character. Always whining, looking out at the du- the, the double suns in the sky, wishing he could be somewhere else. Whining. I've, I've only gotten onto that, though, as I've watched it as an older person. You know, I, I don't know if you were the same with this, but when I was very little... You sort of see anyone who's significantly bigger than you are as a grown-up. And I didn't really get... There are, there are levels of grown-up. There were just grown-up and me. So there was very little distinction for you in your mind between a 17-year-old Luke and a 589-year-old Obi-Wan. Yeah. Which is just a made-up number. Yeah, they were just adults, grown-ups. Obviously, I you can tell one's older than the other, that sort of thing. But I never, when I watched it as a kid, I didn't see Luke Skywalker also as a kid. He was just a grown-up. And, and so it wasn't since I've become older than Luke is in the films that I've seen him as, oh, shut whining, Luke. And that's, that I've noticed that he does it at all. I, I actually don't find him as bad as Wesley Crusher. He doesn't whine all that much. But now when he does it, I pick up on it a lot more. Maybe it's a bad analogy. I don't know. Uh, let's try a different one. What about Han Solo and, uh, let's see, Han Solo and R2-D2 versus Riker and Geordi? You see, you've put Riker up against anyone and he just wins. Um, does he? Yeah. Does he really? Yeah, he does. Um, vastly superior. I, I would tell you, know, if I was, if I could You're go You're telling me. I, no, no, we're not going to let this rest. I'm going to interrupt. You're telling me that in a fight, if they were put down on the planet where uh, Kirk and the Gorn fought, that pitted against each other, Han Solo and Riker, oh, Han Solo it, would not come out on top. You even, you, even, it's even worse if you make it a fight. Of course that's Commander Riker. <laughs> William Riker could murder Harrison uh, Han Solo with his thumb. He could just, oh, Han Solo wouldn't even know what was happening. He'd just be killed. Uh, I don't think he could, because Hansel would be willing to break the rules. Yeah, but he'd stand on a twig as he was approaching him from behind and 
rumbling. <laughs> he couldn't beat up that stormtrooper for half an hour in Return of the Jedi. What's he going to do against Commander Riker and his double-handed and fist punch? Either. I'm not talking either about Riker with his Q powers in that one, no. what was it, season two episode. R- I'm talking about Riker, right. uh, any given time in the series where he's a little bit pudgy, yeah. not very muscular, just kind of has the size advantage. Yeah, it's imagine William Riker, sort of 7.30 a.m. Sunday morning, and he's had a big night out on the night before, when perhaps he shouldn't go out because he's just gotten over that flu. You know, he's, he's a bit worse for wear, a bit hungover. Th- that morning, he could kick... Han Solo's ass on the way to the replicator to get his coffee. <laughs> this is all meaningless. <laughs> okay, but I'm going to win with R2-D2. Because I guarantee he's had more sex than Jordy. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like that one scene where his little penis comes out and he plugs it into the Death Star computer and goes and he turns off the trash compactor. Yep. There, Jordy's never gotten that far. There That's are, third base. There are objects on my desk right now that have had more sex than Jordy LaForge. That sounds really suspect. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> it's yeah. worse because there's nothing dirty here. It's all just desk stuff. That's what makes it worse. Um, yeah, there was actually uh, somebody asked, uh, what's his name? Why can't I remember his name? LeVar Burton about that. And he said, I always thought it wasn't fair. Jody got nothing. It was unfair. And it's true, he got nothing. Unbelievable. Everybody got more sex on the Enterprise than Jodie LaForge. Not even a pity shag at one point. Nothing. Poor guy. And R2-D2 did get more. However, did he? could he run the... He, do you know what? He arguably could have saved the Enterprise in the same way Jodie LaForge did. Maybe R2-D2 is better, because he can fly as well, apparently. Although, like the Autobots... He will forget how at one point and strangely never do it again. (laughs) Yeah. Has this been investigated? Is R2-D2 in fact an Autobot? Oh, I can fly. No, I can't. How will I get out of this hole? Fly? No, I can't. But you did. No. I'm going to find a way to get Star Wars to win. It can't. It's worse. Darth Vader or Khan? (sighs) Really? Really, Khan every time again. Khan no. every now time. You're just being, right, now this you're just being this obstructionist. right. This raises another issue I had with the Star Wars universe. At no point was it ever explained to us how and why the Empire is so freaking bad. What is? Why are all these people suffering under life in the Empire? It's an Empire of many planets, and no one is, is apparently have a problem with it apart from the Rebels. We never find out why. We get all this politics in the, the prequels trilogy, but none of it goes to explaining what is bad about the Empire. We know the Emperor is bad, but what's he doing? Is he, is he on an ethnic cleansing mission like Hitler was? Is he, you know, what's, what's, what is life like for the average Empire guy? The simple implication is, yes, you never see a non-humanoid stormtrooper. You don't see any kind of aliens at all on any of the um, Star Destroyers, other than the bounty hunters that uh, Vader brings in in Episode Five. That's equal opportunities employment there. And plus, the the stormtroopers are all clones, aren't they? Uh, They weren't actually anymore by the time the original three came around. Right. See... Well, this this raises an interesting issue. If you issue. read the Admiral Thrawn trilogy of books, <laughs> yeah, it explains that all of the clone generators were destroyed. Does it? Does that explain that? Does it? Right. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> you see, I think this is a problem faced by Starfleet as well, who also seem to get around it by having, while they have non-human uh, Starfleet officers, they're all humanoid. Uh, and it's like, what do you do with the uniform once somebody's arms come out of their head? Or something like, when someone is just a blob of goo, what what outfit do you put them in to do their daily duties? You have to you have to stick to a body shape, at least. You know. Think I of, think that that was really just the product of a, a limited budget. But what you gonna do? Yeah. It's it was a good idea that you don't see their faces, so you could have it's the same eight guys in every shot. You know that makes sense. I like that idea. But <clears throat> and yeah, I th- I think Khan versus. Versus Darth Vader. I think I still like Khan. He had much better lines. He was much more theatrical. Lots of Shakespeare quotes. Buried alive. All that. Mind oh, you, you can't say that Darth Vader not got, didn't get good lines, did he? Well, I think that Darth Vader too also had a, a kind of moral conviction, a moral confliction that uh, neither the Emperor nor Khan would have had. Hmm. That's you know, he was a little bit of a flip flopper. He was, he was pulled in different directions by different allegiances. See, I suppose I would have to give it. To, I, I suppose reasonably you would have to give it to Darth Vader rather than Khan, but I do so very reluctantly. You um, can't see it, but I'm throwing my hands, my my fists up I, over my I, head like a Rocky pose right now. All right, I finally got one. It's very reluctant, very reluctant. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to give much away, and and Khan's awesome. So he's like a superhuman, and that was really his chest in the film, you know. Really was. I'm still not convinced. What's what's your next comparison then? You know, I haven't had time to dream up another one, but I'm trying to work C3PO in there. He would get crushed. C3PO is just an awful character. <laughs> he's just well, there he's to not moan. An character, really, he's he's an annoying character, but he's one half of the Laurel and Hardy team that was. It was a really great dynamic. You see, I would I would like an R2-D2 and C-3PO. That's your Jodie LaForge and Data combo. Maybe. It feels like that. Maybe because Data's an android. Um, they had some great... Do you know, I often talk to Barkley like he's R2-D2. That, that will that will often be the case. When we're out walking on the moor and he wants to go down a different path and I want to go the way I'm going, I will often turn and say, what makes you think there are settlements over there? Nice. <laughs> no, he'll bark. He'll yeah. whistle back at you. It's really going to be creepy. I know, he can't do the whistling, but he does. He barks back when I talk to him sometimes. He's, he's remarkably communicative. I think I Mike that in our chat room, by the way, asked, what about the Millennium Falcon versus the Enterprise? Even I have to flip any model of the Enterprise, put it up against the NCC 1701A, the the D, my beloved saucer one, uh, the E from the movies. It doesn't matter what Enterprise you're putting up against the Falcon. It's going to win. Yeah. But when the Falcon the... is a piece of junk. That's the whole comedic purpose of the Falcon. But as soon as those Star Wars people invent shields and things like that... Mind you, he, normally, he did rip off photon torpedoes, didn't he? But with those proton torpedoes, that was some imaginative writing there from George Lucas. You'd have thought he'd have wanted to just stay away from that altogether rather than change a couple of letters. Now, Star Wars does have shields. I just want to put it out there. You're right, they it does, doesn't it? They had shields in the yeah. Empire going into the asteroid belt. Yeah, you're absolutely right. 
on the Star Destroyer, they had to put full, <coughs> more power to the shields to ward off the asteroids. Switch all power to forward deflector screens. Yes. Yes, I'm with you. Um, you're absolutely right. Not that they did a lot of good. They were as effective as Stormtrooper blast-proof armor. Well, that was consistent with the universe, though. The universe is all about... Or, God. Star Wars is all about very flawed kind of technology. Technology with limits. I like the idea that George Lucas always said that he wanted... You, you didn't have to question how it worked. You know, it, Star Wars didn't require that level of explanation technically or techno babble yeah there was none of that there you could see the rivets on things and dirt because it had been used and it was a far more realistic universe in that way than star trek which is a very clinical very clean place it was a world war ii universe yeah um and so i do like that aspect of star wars that's that's a really nice touch but it just doesn't cut it for me in the long do you know what it boils down to i think I, I've always said, if you are a genuine fan of Star Trek, not just a casual fan, but a, if you if you can sit here and tell me you've seen them all, you love them, you've got some of them on DVD, if not all of them, then I can only think that you, if you get it, then you're a better human being for it. You are a nicer human being, a more compassionate human being, a more empathic human being. Whereas I don't think the same can be achieved by being as big a fan of Star Wars. Which is not to say that Star Wars fans are bad people. I just don't think you get the same. Uh, and maybe this is just because there isn't the morality there that there is in Star Trek. But it, it, it isn't there. Well, I think there being so many more hours of Star Trek, they have an advantage. But also the writing in Star Trek was designed to hammer that over your head again and again and again. And Star Wars was really about the story and not really about the content. You know, it it wasn't designed to be a, a delivery mechanism for tales of morality and ethical, uh, you know, secular humanism like Star Trek was. No, of course. They, they they were at different purposes. But I think that generally they, they kind of tell the same tale. Star Wars is all about, um, you know, a, a bad political situation and what people are willing to do to – what lengths they're willing to go to to get out of that situation or to correct it or to, to – achieve the better good you know star wars is just really the allies versus the axis yeah that that's that's also true but star trek you've got your measure of a man and your drumhead and all of these episodes that i would point to as must-haves for any freshman going into college who is going to study ethics or philosophy or or anything along those lines absolutely there's some there's just some wonderful stories and like i say it makes you a better person. If you watch it and get it, then you're better off for it. I'm, I'm fully aware that there are people who can watch these things and get the wrong message. We, we forever have the story of the guy who watched American History X and thought it was great watching that guy get his head curb stomped and really felt that was the message it drilled home and clearly didn't quite get what that film was trying to explain. You know, So these people exist, but if, if you get Star Trek, you, you're a better person. There you go. I think, do you know what? I think people should be fans of both rather than one or the other. Well, I, th I do think that they serve a different purpose. Like I said, I, I think that one is for fun and one is for thinking. And there are times where both are applicable or, or acceptable. You don't always need to 
be the heaviest thinker. There are times where you can just say, you know what, tonight is a lightsaber night. We don't need to examine you know, existentialism and what it means to live uh, an entire lifetime in 20 minutes. We, you, you don't have to do that with, you know, with a, a TNG episode. You can just say, let's chop off somebody's hand. I almost feel like I'm, uh, a hypothetical Mac versus PC episode could be summed up in the same way, using almost the same words. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Except for the whole hand chopping off bit, which yeah. only happens with Macs. It does. It does. Yeah, product flaw. Not sure if you know that. I It happened to a friend of mine, actually, twice, which was really bothering. But what can you do? <laughs> These people aren't careful. They're not careful. You've got to... There are instructions in the box, people. You shouldn't be losing an arm on your iMac. It, just it says can't. leopard right on it. If you're stupid enough to put your hand inside. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. I've got a snow leopard and a lion on my desk. I should be careful. They don't get on too well. Anyway, what are we at the end of this, this debate here? I, th I think that we're at the end of this particular string. I think that there's a lot to mine from Star Wars. And a lot more to mine from Star Trek, but I don't want to step on any toes with that that new series that you're coming out with of Make It So. Well, it'll be far less intelligent than this show has been. I, I can you promise you, intelligent. It's been far more than an episode of a show with me, Mike, and Will on will be. <laughs> but then, cereal boxes are more intelligent than those shows. So, <laughs> you know. I've always enjoyed Make It So, so I am eagerly awaiting the release of that new series. It's probably going to be a few months down the road, though, right? Um, I'm thinking sooner rather than later. Oh, good, 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 good. Um, not not too long, because we want to sell, like we said, so we're eager to see if that works, and that sort of thing. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see what we do. If it's successful, there'll be more. If it's not, we'll stop, so... There you go. I think it's fair to say, though, as far as remastered goes, that Star Trek was such a huge part of our our youths that we're bound to talk about it again pretty soon. I find myself inevitably talking about it on most shows that I'm on. <laughs> I got a do ask do tell back down to Star Trek not long ago. Really, it I can't even remember how that came up. But that's skirts only... on men. Pardon? Skirts on men. Possibly. If I, sh I should go back and check that one to see, because that should come up. If it didn't, it should. Usually there are two entries to discussing uh, gender assignment issues when you're talking about Star Trek, and it's either season one, uh, Ensign's wearing skirts, or when Riker has sex with the uh, ambiguous race. Do you know, I find myself talking about that an alarming amount of the time. It, it feels like that should never come up in conversation, but now I think about it, it does a lot. Like, oh, and then, of course, when Riker shagged the thing that was was neither gender. And as Mike points out in our chat room on simplysyndicated.com, the, the Trill episode of DS9. Yes, the Trill episode of DS9. Absolutely. Yes. We mm. should mention that if you want to listen to us record... Most weeks we do it on Tuesday evenings, although sometimes schedule different bump us to Thursdays. Usually it's uh, 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time during the summer. Uh, after October, it'll be Eastern Standard Time again, but 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time in the U.S. That's uh, that's what, uh, midnight Greenwich Mean Time? Yes, that's when it is. 
And if you hop on over to simplysyndicated.com, all you have to do is click on the link at the top that says radio. It's really easy. It gives you lots of different uh, options for how to listen to the show live as it streams. There's a chat room there. Uh, you can follow right along with all the people who are hanging out with us tonight. We'd love to have you. And if you don't have time to listen live, you can, of course, join us on our forum, simplysyndicated.com slash forums. Sorry. And, of course, you can now get all of the, uh, if you want to listen to some back episodes of Make It So while we're on the topic, they're all in the store now. So go and check those out as well. Very reasonably priced. And the proceeds don't just go to buy kittens and food and the things that are bad for us. They They go to, like, I don't know, pay to bring you more yeah more more stuff and hosting and time and people and all sorts of things really that's that's where it all goes onto stuff it's worth it trust me and you and get stuff you bought the occasional hamburger yeah <laughs> i do feel that there's one other thing that i want to say before we close out tonight which has really really been bothering me going back and listening to the episodes of remastered on yeah. itunes right which is that, you know, there, there's 5,000 miles between us. Do people realize that? There's this thing called the Atlantic Ocean. I, I, do they not realize that? Why, why, you, what makes you say that? Well, it's because there, there's like a second and a half of lag between us when we talk. I don't think people really realize that. It takes a little bit of time for the electrons to travel between Ohio and England. It does. I actually which means thought... that sometimes we interrupt each other. I naturally interrupt people anyway. It's a horrible it's habit. It's me more than you, though. Is it? I think it is. I, I haven't noticed it. Um, but, yeah, I actually think that the connection we generally get is usually pretty good. We have a, we have once or twice had a bit of a dodgy thing. I think last week was particularly bad. There was a you know, big delay there. But other than that, I think we've been pretty lucky. Yeah, usually it is pretty good, but I just want people to know that we're not trying to be rude to each other, and I'm definitely not trying to be rude to Rich, and uh, just kind of want to throw it out there that I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> you're, you're forgiven by me anyway. I honestly didn't know. Thank you. I, I forgive you. It's okay. Let's hug it out, bitch. Yeah. And when I'm trying to be rude, you'll know. <laughs> I'll be clear yeah, on that. Awesome. There will be no confusion about whether or not I'm trying to be rude there that goes without saying so i think that's us for another another episode isn't it if it is and it was a great night i like this episode it I was liked it a lot it's it's good it's always just good to talk about star trek and star wars really it's, it's the most fun two nerds can have without you know making out yeah which would be difficult because of the five thousand miles and everything we could find a way yeah and your wife in the next room and all yeah. these things yeah Let's go, because this is upsetting as Kirk and Spock together. Thank you for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. See you next week.